But I want to talk to you about a man. Um, and normally when we speak in church, if I say, if we have a quiz, like they had a quiz, and I say, I'm going to speak about somebody, who do you think that is? Uh, nearly always the answer is Jesus. So if ever you go into a church and you hear someone saying, who do you think that is, the answer is Jesus. So if I say to you now, who do you think the answer is? Who is it? Yeah, you're wrong, because I'm not going to speak about him this time and speak about someone else, but I might speak about him later on. I'm going to talk about a man that was born in London, not too far from here, a place called Wapping, in 1725. Um, he had a pretty tough start. His mum died when he was seven, so that's really sad. And at age 11, 11 he signed on to a merchant ship to go to the Mediterranean. At seven, in 1743, he uh, was press-ganged into service with the Royal Navy, so in those days they could pretty much force you to go into the services, and he was press-ganged into that. In 1745, he joined a different ship called the Pegasus, and that was a slave ship for the West African slave trade. Now, you think maybe life could get a bit better for him, but the crew there didn't like him, so they left him in uh, West Africa with a slave trader who took him home to be a slave for his wife. Can you believe that? He went to be a slave himself. It's fair to say that he wasn't treated well and life wasn't going that great. But in 1748, he was rescued by a sea captain sent by his father. I wondered where his father was going to crop up in the story, but here it is. He got worried about him. I don't know how long many years it took him to realise he'd gone, but he sent someone to go and get him. And during the voyage back to England, he had what he described later on as the beginning of his spiritual conversion. It was a long journey for him. He can remember that date, but he said, I wasn't really a committed Christian till years later. Then, however, 1757, he was ordained, or he applied to be ordained. It actually took seven years for that to happen. Ordained means he became a vicar or a minister, but that was a seven-year process, um, and that was his ongoing conversion story. In 1779, though, years later, he was made rector at St. Mary's Walnoth, and that's in Lombard Street. So he's come all the way back to London, right in the heart of the city's financial district now. And you can, in fact, go to St. Mary's near Bank Tube Station and see the plaque with his name on it. In 1788, he actively spoke out against the prevailing culture of the slave trade. Bear in mind, he was doing it uh, earlier on. He was involved in the slave trade. He became an ally of William Wilberforce. He was the leader of the parliamentary campaign to abolish the African slave trade. And he lived only just to see the British passage of the Slave Trade Act, which enacted the event, uh, go through in 1807, the year he died. And that man's name was John Newton. And the reason I'm speaking about him is because he's the man who wrote those words to the song that you just sang. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He wrote that hymn, Amazing Grace. So I just wanted to speak about that a little bit. He knew his life was lost to God, or so he thought, He was really at the bottom of the pit. Things weren't going well. He knew depravity. He knew about the abuse of others. But he discovered for himself that the grace of God, God's love, is unbelievable. It's truly amazing. And it led him to write the hymn, Amazing Grace. And why is it amazing? What John Newton found out and what billions of people have found out ever since is because God starts with us where we are. He didn't ask John Newton to be perfect. We can't be perfect. We all get things wrong. Uh, In fact, he was in a real mess. But the grace of God is unbelievable. God reached out to him where he was. It's amazing. Amazing grace. He starts with you right where you are right now and says, as you are right now, I love you. I love you just as you are right now. I love you so much that I sent Jesus to walk this earth. No scholar denies Jesus existed. There's too much evidence. But he was sent by God for you. And no matter what... I would imagine God would say, no matter what mess your life is in, 
I will save you. I am there for you. I do love you. And I will show you life in all its fullness. I will open up your eyes to the truth. You know, nations, including ours, turn their back on God. I, I saw a picture a while ago of Liz Hurley. You know, the actress Liz Hurley. And she had a T-shirt on. And it said, bring back God. And I thought about it. I thought, well, he hasn't gone anywhere. God is always here. It's us that have gone astray from God. He hasn't gone anywhere. We have. Sometimes we're the lost. And I remember when I first heard that message that I was lost, and I felt lost. I didn't feel quite right. And it wasn't until someone introduced me to Christ that I realised I realized that everything changes. And so then John Newton can write those words. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. God wasn't lost. I was lost. But now I'm found. Was blind. But now I see. And billions of people testify to that. They're found. They're found. They're found. They're searching and they're found. And that truth changes everything. It changed everything for John Newton. And it will change everything for you. He had a troubled life. Remember we said that it wasn't rosy for him. His mum died when he was young. He wasn't liked. He was sold off. So it wasn't all rosy. But he eventually came to realise that God was with him and he let God into his heart, which is all that God asked us to do. So he knocks on the door of your hearts all the time. And he let God into his heart. And over time, God changed him from one who helped trade others to one who just simply helped others. He changed his heart over a period of time. He had a journey. He wrote through many dangers, toils and snares. I have already come. So he knew that God was with him. And you could know that God is with you. He went on to change a major significant part of our country's history. He went on to enact the abolition of the slave trade. He made a difference for good rather than for evil. He made a difference for good in his life on earth. And the best message is that with Christ in us, which he says he'll come in us, uh, we can change the world too. In fact, about a third of the world are Christians and doing incredible work. Just look at his brigades, which is across this country and beyond all those other countries. The church is the biggest employer of youth workers. It's the biggest uh, contributor to mums and toddlers groups. If you remove the church, uh, society suffers. And we're called to be salt and light in a society, trying to preserve and make it better. He made a difference for good in, in his life and this earth. And I want to tell you this morning, so can you. We all have the opportunity to be a blessing or not. But also, um, it gives us a sense of identity, of purpose and of destiny. And he had that. He eventually knew he'd be with God forever. He said, "'Tis grace that's brought me safe thus far, and grace shall lead me home. Home is with God forever. And it all started when he began to accept that God was working in his life, even in the midst of those bad times. Look where he started. Look at what God did with him. Billions of people testify to the difference that God, Jesus Christ himself, has made in their lives. I'm one of them, and there are many people here that would testify to that now. Seeking now to follow and serve him, amazed of the things he does, the forgiveness he offers. And for me, that's something to celebrate. There is enough condemnation in this world that we don't need any more from the church or God, and God doesn't do it. He said, I don't send my son into the world to condemn it, I sent my son into the world to save it, to save it and show love, forgiveness and reconciliation. That is something to celebrate, and that is his amazing grace. And the question that I'm left with this morning for you is, have you started that journey yourself? Jesus, Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That's what Alpha and Omega means. 
And there's a, a group of talks that we run here called Alpha because it is the beginning for many people. It was for me. I first won an Alpha course when I heard this. And I thought, well, I might as well find out whether this is all true or all these people are idiots. And I've come to realise I was the idiot. They were all right. You know, so it's true. There is so much evidence, but mo most people don't look into it. And it's a life-changing message for here on this earth and also for eternity. It has eternal consequences. Alpha is the beginning. And it's the name of some evenings and even daytimes if needed of something we run to help people discover this life-changing message. And in your notices, uh, we've put a little leaflet in there. Now, some people say, I look like Bear Grylls. <laughs> well, I do. Uh, Gary uh, got Dave, who print, helped print these up, to superimpose Ray Mears instead, who's a little bit larger. But that taken off, because I thought this is a better likeness. That's about all we've got in common. I don't look like him at all. I haven't climbed Mount Everest uh, like he has. He was the youngest Brit to do that. A year after he broke his back and was told he might never walk again. He's a bit of a character, Bear Grylls. But he said his greatest adventure is the Christian faith and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is open to everybody. So if you're interested... I'd encourage you to take one. Take these. You can just fill it out on the back or we've got a sign-up sheet. And when I get enough people, I'll run another course. Uh, we'll run as many as we can because it's a life-changing message and a church has been charged as an agent, as an ambassador to share this message for change because that's God's amazing grace to you. So take up that chance. Take a leaflet, fill it out. Come to church. Come and see what we're about. We're good people. We serve bacon buddies every now and again. They were good. They were good.